Welcome to the Thrive TV Show with Lauren Parsons, helping you boost your health, energy, and productivity. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the Thrive TV Show. I'm Lauren Parsons, your host, and today I'm joined by Frank Soma, all the way from the States, and he is a communications expert. So it's a pleasure to have you with me, Frank. Oh, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for asking me. So nice to connect with you. And today we're talking about charismatic communications. So we're going to share how to gain instant rapport when you meet someone, how to spot communication styles and adjust to facilitate good conversations, and also how to read facial and body language cues better and be able to understand people more. So before we dive into all of that, Frank, I'd love to just go through uh, this and that quick fire round. Are you ready for that? Oh, sure. Okay. So tell me, Monopoly or chess? Monopoly. Okay, nice. A month without your car or a month without the internet? Without the internet. Okay, cool. Hot drinks or cold drinks? Cold. Logical or creative? Creative. Nice. Live-in massage therapist or a live-in chef? Oh, say that one more time. A live-in massage therapist or a live-in chef to cook all oh, your meals? Chef. Absolutely. Yeah, chef, nice. Rome or Paris? Rome. And mountaintop or beachfront? Both. No, mountaintop, I guess. Okay, yeah, it's so hard to choose, isn't it? Yeah, fantastic. I know, right? Thanks, Frank. So Frank is a sales and communication expert, an author and lifelong charity fundraiser. His discipline comes courtesy of the United States Navy's Presidential Honor Guard, and his heart comes from his lifelong devotion to charity work. Frank was the longest standing sitting or sitting national president for the Cooley's Anemia Foundation. I noticed you've got Give Blood on a sign behind mm -hmm. you, which is amazing. His sales leadership expertise was developed during his long tenure as VP of Sales with CBS, an office automation company. An NLP practitioner, author of B2B is really P2P, so business to business is really person to person. Frank has been speaking co and coaching professionally for over 15 years, so it's such a pleasure to tap into your knowledge. So tell us, how did you, you, know, how did you get into what it is you're doing now? Well, after such a long time in business, and you know, so much of what I do in business has to do with coaching people on your team and other executives. So it was kind of a natural transition. The, um, the speaking portion, you know, which really jazzes me up began 15 years ago. I had been in the position of speaking to my teams and, you know, we had big groups. Our, our monthly meetings were, you know, between 100 and 200 people. And and I just got into a kind of a rhythm with it and liked it and began researching more and more how to do it better and got a coach and just, it was, I guess, kind of a natural transition for me. I, I, I enjoyed it and I felt as though I had some things that people were asking for that I could deliver to groups, either small groups or large groups, you know, and, um, and I wanted to do that. I wanted to give them tools they could use and, and do it in a, in a fun and energetic way. Nice. And so you mentioned that you're going to share how to build instant rapport. Tell us about that. How do you build that instant rapport when you meet someone? Well, it's, you know, it's interesting because people, you know, you've met people your whole life. So when you meet someone physically, um, I will bet that most of us paying attention today can say that they've met someone 
And one second after shaking their hands, I've had the name slip out of their head. Couldn't tell you what color his or her eyes are, whether or not they were wearing mm -hmm. a necklace, did they have earrings on? You know, we just, we're not in the moment. We're often thinking about our presentation rather than giving mm -hmm. our energy to the moment. So my, the, the, what I teach people in order to focus up is to just take it in steps. And when they do that, and this comes from, I should mention, my background is in NLP, neurolinguistic programming, so wonderful communication science. And yes. that's where I learn these things. And so when you meet someone, the first thing is to be wide open. You know, it's so often you'll be at a cocktail party, some, you're next to someone and you'll be this sideways, hi, how are you? Mm -hmm. it, it instantly creates mistrust. You have to give your heart to the other person's heart. It's a physical experience. And I get people up on stage when I'm giving a talk and I'll have somebody stand next to me this way and then we'll go full front to each other within three feet of one another with our arms open and they physically feel different. There's an absolute mm -hmm. sensation in your body that's different. So yeah. first thing is to be open. The second thing is to make instant eye contact. You know, you can't glance away, you can't look down, you can't look over their shoulder. You've got to make eye contact and hold it for a second. You don't mm -hmm. want to hold it for 10 seconds and be like a creepy person. <laughs> you just hold it yeah. for a second. And, and then when you go to shake hands, you know, you, you shake hands and what I suggest when you shake hands is, you know, be smart about it, right? A firm handshake is important, but I don't need to know that you, you know, you're killing it at the gym and you want to crush all the bones in my hand, right? Yeah. You don't have to dominate me. Um, you just want to have a firm handshake. And, you know, for, for the men in the audience, I've seen often, and my wife complains about this often, that men sometimes will meet a female colleague and shake her hand you know, like the returning a kerchief to the queen after jousting, you know, it's this couple of fingers grab yeah. or whatever. I, I mean, that's borderline misogynistic. And in, and in my mind, it's, it's, um, it's insulting. You know, this person mm -hmm. is your business equal. Everything's equal. So mm -hmm. his or her hand, shake it firmly, albeit not crushing it. Yes. And then during the handshake, you want to just slightly lean in a little bit. Not so much that I'm going to smell your perfume or I'm going to be off-putting, but this idea of coming into your space just slightly with a lean in on the shake gives a moment of intimacy. Mm -hmm. And then when you tell me your name, I'm going to say it back to you. And I, I'm sure you all have heard this before, right? So you say, yeah. hi, I'm Lauren. I say, Lauren, it's so nice to meet you, Lauren. And then in mm -hmm. my brain, I go, Lauren, 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 that's Lauren. Yeah. As I look at yeah. That's what I do. I say, Lauren, 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 that's Lauren. And I implant your face when I'm saying, saying the name. And, you know, we've all met people that at one time or another, you meet somebody and you're immediately, you say, I don't think I particularly care for this person. You don't know what it was. You don't know what it was about that person that made you have that feeling. But I'll submit to you that they violated one of these five things that I just told you to do. They held the eye okay. contact too long. They were kind of sideways and closed when they shook your hand. They did, They mm -hmm. looked past you. It was a weak handshake. They were too far away. You know, whatever it mm -hmm. was, I'm saying all of these things combine and in, you know, three seconds can make a very good impression that you're a trustworthy or, or a, wow. you know, a likable individual. 
Yeah, so interesting that, and I guess that brings to mind for me the fact that, you know, you could meet someone and they could be having an off moment, you know, they might be thinking about whatever's going on on their day, or perhaps there's been some, something bad's just happened in their life or whatever it is, and so sometimes people can come across in that way and just forget those things, but I love those little practical tips that you give, just that little lean in, I can picture that, I can picture people that I've met, you know, when they've made eye contact with me and leaned forward and and, you know, if we were meeting in person, I'm sure that you would have done that as well, Frank. It's not quite the same screen to screen, is it? But that really makes a difference, doesn't it? And that, you know, that saying, you know, hi, Frank. Hey, nice to meet you, Frank, 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 Frank. Same thing. Like, so you're saying it to yourself like seven or more times in your head. Because yeah. people will often say to me, oh, you're really good with names. I'm terrible with names. And I always think that the first step is to choose that you're going to be a person that's good with names, you know, because if you keep telling yourself you're terrible with names, then... Perhaps you will be. But I love what you said about, you know, just pay attention. Are they wearing a necklace? What's their eye color? What's their name? Mm, fantastic. Yeah, it's about being in the moment. You know, so much of what happens to us in life can, can kind of roll back to just being present. And, mm -hmm. you know, we've got all of these attention-getting devices that we program to get our attention at odd moments. And it's, it may have become part of the culture these days, but it, it isn't necessarily any less off-putting. It may be acceptable to some people in some circles that in the middle of a conversation, I can say, oh, just let me look, okay, it's okay. And just take that quick look at the phone, oh, it's okay. Mm -hmm. um, but but I'll, I'm, I submit that it's a slight break in rapport. And, yes, and it's also, I totally you know, agree. I think it's a huge break in rapport when you go to your phone and you're with a human being. Yeah, it is. And even if you don't scroll through, if you just say, listen, let me just click this off. But what but further than that, Lauren, what I love is that it's also an opportunity to create greater rapport. If mm -hmm. my phone rings while I'm speaking to you, you will automatically look at me, look at my phone and hesitate for a second to see mm -hmm. if I'm going to answer it. And if I lock eyes with you and say, don't worry about that. Go ahead. What were you saying? Mm -hmm. Haven't I increased our rapport? Haven't I validated our relationship? You know, it's it can be a moment by deliberately ignoring these things that come into play. You can actually increase your rapport. I remember when I was counseling people um, in my old business, I always worked on a laptop. And when they came into my office, I made it a point to reach forward and close the screen on the laptop. I'd look at them. Yeah. And that I'd reach forward and close the screen. And it was a, a subliminal message that said, I'm all yours right now. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else that's going to distract us. This is your time. And, and, yeah. and it's appreciated. And it, it's, again, it helps in charismatic communication. Because what is charisma? It's really, it's, it's people have a feeling about someone. When you've met someone who's charismatic, you don't, can't really put your finger on what it was about that person that so charmed you. And, mm -hmm. and I think more than anything else, it's, it's about rapt attention and making that person yes. understand that they matter. Absolutely, yeah. And I think technology really is affecting the way that we interact and communicate and, and interacting with each other in our day-to-day. -day. One thing that I often share as a little tip is that if you're going to interact with your phone, that you actually step away from the human beings that you are with and just excuse yourself because... If you're standing with a group of people and you're looking at your phone, you, you've checked out anyhow. So it's much more polite. So just excuse me from it. I just need to send this. And then you physically move away, deal with it. And then you come back and you put the phone totally out of sight. And it shows that you are there and you are present. Because isn't that powerful being able to give someone your full attention? People love that. 
I like that. Mm. I like that step away. That's great. Yeah. So what about different communication styles? Tell me a bit about that. How do you pick up on someone else's communication style and then what do you do about it? You know, there's a there's so many different things to look at and to learn, but I think probably one of the easiest ones uh, would be a view from the air versus a view from the ground. Okay. Uh, that's the, the kind of the names that I've given this. And what it means is that you can have a person who tells you a story in minute detail and someone yes. else who tells you a story with huge chunks of information. So neither style is better or worse or right or wrong. Um, and, you know, God's great mystery is that if you are one of those styles, your significant other is probably the other. The opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so what happens is, you know, I could, I could go downstairs after our interview and I could say to Deborah, my darling wife of 40 years, I could nice. say, well, you know, she, how was your interview with Lauren? Well, you know, I, I jumped on the Zoom call and I was I was waiting and it said the host will open the meeting and I was watching the thing spin around and it was three o'clock and I thought it would come on instantly and it took like an extra second. So I was a little bit nervous, like did I have the right time? I actually went back to my email and checked, was it three or was it five, you know, just to make sure that it was right. And then of course I didn't know what to expect because I had never met Lauren before. So I didn't know what would happen when she came on. And then we started talking, you know, she has three children and they're, they're, they're girls. And, and we have two girls. So we talk, all right. So that's one way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, <laughs> the, the other way that it could happen is how was the interview with Lauren? Oh, it was terrific. We jumped onto some of the major components of rapport building. She asked some very good questions. I, I think that I answered pretty well. And I, and I think that her viewers and audience um, definitely picked up some usable tools that they can run forward in business. Mm -hmm. So both of those answers are correct. But what happens is yeah. when you're a person who delivers a message in great detail, if you're delivering it to someone who likes big bits of information, they're looking at you often with this face that's yeah. like, okay, uh, can, you know, right, right, right. Can, speed up. can we speed this up? Can we speed right, this up? Right. Can we speed this up? Yeah. <laughs> so how good is that for rapport? If you're the person receiving the information mm. in small bits and your whole body posture is saying, speed it up, how do you think the person delivering the information feels? Yeah. So they're going to feel like under pressure, like, oh, yeah, they're not really liking this. They're going to feel that impatience. Yeah. And they, and, yeah. and they feel kind of marginalized. Like maybe you're not that interested. You know, and, and the other way that it happens, if you're a person who delivers information in large pieces and the person you're speaking to is a detailed person, what, what's going on in their head is, oh, I guess I'm not important enough to tell the full story to. Oh, I guess, I, yeah, I guess I'm, yeah. I'm bothering you. You know, you're just yeah, giving me, you're just giving me this quick overview. You exactly. know, you're not really taking the time. But mm -hmm. really it's a style. So, so what does that do for us? First, recognize it. If when you recognize this in a person that either you work for, who works for you, uh, a, a, um, a business partner, anybody, you know, your, your spouse, um, your clients, understand their style. And if yes. you're a person who delivers information in large bits, couldn't you offer a little color commentary and help that detailed person to, to feel as though you care enough to give them all the information? And if you're a detailed person, couldn't you edit yourself just a bit and mm -hmm. give the information in a way that that person can take it? And on the receiving ends, 
you know, understand how people delivered and that they're not slighting you or, or thinking that you're telling them an untruth or passing by them. It's just understand that's how they receive the information. You know, that's mm. how they deliver the information to you. And if you know that and you've determined the style, you won't feel insulted. You'll be able to stay in the moment. You'll be able to get the information. And in fact, you can even lead them toward your style as long as you've accepted theirs. Yeah, nice. And I guess the thing is that we all naturally deliver in our default style. So sure. it's a case of trying to identify okay, this person, they want the detail or, okay, this person, you know, I used to have a boss who literally you'd go into his office to, t to tell him something or ask him something. And if you didn't get straight to the point, he would be like, yep, 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 yep. And he would <laughs> literally like, be like speeding you up. And so, yeah, you knew to fast forward to get to the chase. And which, I, which I had a colleague that was like that. And she knew that I was a bit like that too. Like, give me the, the thing and then you can explain it all because I would just be lost with all of the slow build up explanation. Yeah, so how do you pick up what style someone is so that you know which one to use? Yeah, I think it's being in the conversation with them. And what's interesting about your boss is your boss could do that because he's the boss. Yeah. But but could he get away with that with his boss? Could he get away with that with his business partner? And that's why this is, you know, it's especially important. I'm so glad you said that. It's, I think about this all the time. It's especially important for people in a position of authority because you're so used to doing what you want to do and people don't challenge you enough. So mm -hmm. at, at, if you want to be a great leader, tune into these styles and yeah. understand how to give yourself over. You are the leader, you know, like you, that's to me, breaking rapport as the leader is too easy and therefore you shouldn't do it because you can get away with it. Other mm -hmm. folks have to work harder at it. So I think in terms of recognizing the styles, it's really about, being in someone's company and understanding how they do things. And, and you know, in the questioning, and that's a whole nother phase of what we could talk about, but in the, in the way that you ask questions. You know? mm -hmm. So tell me a bit more about facial expressions, body language, you know, everyone loves understanding more about yeah. body language and what it can mean. What are some of the, the really interesting things that people will be keen to hear mm -hmm. about in terms of body language and facial expression? I mean, you know, being in tune, right? In NLP, we call being in uptime, which mm -hmm. is giving complete attention. I, I, I wrote a piece recently about my dog. I, I run with my dog. And when I wake up in the morning on a non-running day and I open a drawer, um, he jumps on the bed and sulks because it's not the drawer that the running clothes are kept in. And if right. I open the other drawer, he's snaking in and out of my legs. Now, why does the dog know that? Because he pays intense attention mm -hmm. to my body language, where I'm going, what I'm doing, my facial expressions. He knows exactly what's going to happen because he hasn't got language. Yes. So that's where you want to be, right? In, in gaining rapport. So noticing things like color fluctuations when you're speaking to somebody. You could see a difference in color in someone's face, which could mean that they're a bit uncomfortable about something that you just said. Um, it's about being in tune with those kinds of things. When you see someone squint, you know, squint is a natural reaction to that. I don't want to see this. So if, yeah. if you're in a conversation and someone gives kind of a squint in, you know, you might have gone someplace that they don't want to go. Um, an interesting thing that you can use, by the way, that's a nice subliminal thing, is 
eyebrow pumps, right? How do you, yeah. if I talk to you and I say, right, doesn't that make you feel, look, you smiled as soon as I did that. <laughs> you know, this is an eyebrow pop helps to create rapport. It's, it tells somebody you're friendly and, and, and you're with them. And, and I think that noticing these things, these, another great indicator, and this is absolutely my favorite body language tip. And I'm not by any means a body language, you know, expert like Joe Navarro of the FBI, uh, who I'm going to quote right now. Yeah. But Joe taught me in one of his classes that I took that he's, his expression is the feet never lie. The feet never yes. lie. So, you know, he went so far as to say that um, if you're in a, an intimate relationship with someone and your feet touch and they repel, you've got problems in your relationship. But what I loved about Joe is that he said, people only cross their ankles or cross their feet when they're enormously comfortable because your lizard brain from way back in caveman time said, if I'm not totally comfortable, I need to keep both feet planted firmly so that mm -hmm. if I'm attacked, and this is what's going on in the background in your little lizard brain. So I had learned this from, a, I was taking the course with Joe and I went to a cocktail party and I met a woman whom I've known for a few years and she's a really effervescent, bubbly, excitable, wonderful, outgoing personality. So as we start talking, I noticed that she crossed her feet and I had just taken the class and I went, yeah, wow. Oh. Barbara's very comfortable with right, me right now. Let me see if I can make her uncomfortable. Because another thing that Joe mm. taught is that when somebody's feet point away from the conversation, they're done with you. Yes. The feet lead the way. Right? I heard that one, so, yeah. So when she got real comfortable and crossed her feet, I put, pointed my feet away to see what would happen. And then she uncrossed her feet. I went, oh my God, this stuff works. So then we started talking again and I I got my eye contact going. I changed my breathing. I went nice and slow. I went heart to heart with her and she got comfortable and she crossed her feet again. Mm -hmm. And I said, let me try it again. And I pointed my <sighs> feet out of the way to see what would happen. And I just kept talking and she, boom, uncrossed her feet right away. I mean, to this day, I cannot tell you what the conversation was about because I was so focused on the, on yeah, the You were just I playing. Just You're just trying all these things out. Yeah. Yeah, so and I was in a place of, you know, what they call conscious competence, right? So yes. the levels of learning, right? You you don't know what you don't know. And then you know what you don't know. You're consciously um, incompetent. And then you know what you know. You're consciously competent. And then we have to get to his mastery where you're unconsciously competent, where you can take in the foot movement without getting out of the conversation. And I was not anywhere near that level of expertise. So, but it was so interesting to see how it works. So I, my, my best body language tip is watch those feet, man. If they're mm -hmm. pointing away from you, you know, it's a rapport break and, and they're on their way out. And, you know, it's something to be, to pay attention to. Mm, that's so interesting. Uh, I want to pick up on the crossed legs because sometimes people talk, when they talk about body language about, well, if my legs are crossed, if my arms are crossed, that I'm closed off. So what you're saying is that actually when people cross their ankles, that that mm -hmm. means that they're relaxed because they're no longer ready to run away. Well, I think the difference is, and, and the crossed arms thing is very overrated in body language. Yes. There are people who are comfortable. I was looking mm -hmm. at pictures of models the other day because my photographer came to do some new shots and I was looking at poses. You know how many people in business pose like this? It, you know, with their arms, it doesn't yeah, mean yeah. that they, it's like, it's like, like a confidence. Like I've got it all together. Yeah. 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 It doesn't mean closed always. So we have to be really careful when we're looking at any of these things. 
that they're in context. Um, the crossed ankle thing is strictly about standing, right? right? Because mm -hmm. I, if I'm if I'm standing, I want to be in a position where I'm centered. So a, a great example of that is notice as you go into an elevator or a lift, depending on where you live, um, that rarely will people stand away from the wall if they're if they don't know the other folks in the elevator, and yeah. rarely, very rarely, will they cross their feet. Mm -hmm. Because they're in close proximity with strangers, and their their uh, programming yeah. to us say stay safe, be centered, be balanced. Um, so that's where mm -hmm. that comes from, and I think it's more of a standing thing than a than a sitting. You know, being closed off and crossed. And and I think in that context, when you see somebody crossing limbs in a sitting position, they may lean away or toward. And in those moments, some of the best things you can do is mirror. You know, yeah. like subtly get into the position that that person is in and start to help them to unravel and, and gain rapport. Mm -hmm. So tell us a bit more about mirroring. What does that mean? Can you just explain that for our listeners? Well, sure. If um, Mirroring is, it's never going to be monkey see, monkey do. But yeah. what it is, is right. <laughs> what it is, is I want to take on the body posture. So let's think about this. Um, whoever, if you're in contact or you remember your childhood or you're in contact with 10, 12 year olds, eight year olds, if you watch two friends together, when they become little besties, mm -hmm. they begin to walk the same, move their arms the same, make the same facial expressions. And even the pronunciation of words and their tonality begins yeah. to imitate one another because they're in love. They're in such strong rapport. They're childhood friends. It's the best, right? Your best friend when you're a kid, there's nothing better. Yeah. So your, your body knows this system of rapport. And when you're sitting with someone and they begin to move in a certain way. So if I'm sitting with you and I, I move my hand and my chin, I sit like this. You might wait a beat or two and then come you know, in a similar fashion. And what you're doing is front-loading rapport. You're telling the other mm. person subconscious that you're already a great friend. And you can do that through your body movements to make them similar. If they lean out or lean in, wait a couple of beats and move similarly. Mm -hmm. And then the other part of it is to get into the tone and uh, pace of their speech. I mean, I'm throwing yes. a lot at you right now, but you know, as somebody's yeah, yeah. talking, if they're talking to you like this and they wanna, and that's the level of their conversation because they just speak this way and you speak back to them like this, you're not yeah. going to be in rapport. Yeah. And by the same token, if they're a paced and measured speaker and you come back talking like this, you're not going to be in rapport. So pay attention to tone, pace, position, and mm -hmm. try to, if, if you're a person interested in being charismatic, creating yes. rapport, especially for executives, managing people, being in a position of leadership or in business development, especially in sales, it's so important, right? Because when you come mm -hmm. in as a BD professional, there is this media stereotype that says, you know, you're a salesperson. Oh, people come with garlic necklaces, holding up crosses. <laughs> you know, because the media has depicted this wonderful profession as people who are less than forthright and honest. Mm. So you've got an extra bit of a job, haven't you, to be able to yeah. create before. And I suggest that if you look at these body postures and you look at these tone, pace, 
language patterns, these kinds of things, and front end load the rapport, you can overcome this hideous stereotype the media has thrust upon us wonderful sales professionals. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And I really love the point you brought up before, Frank, around leadership, you know, that if you're in a role of leadership, which I actually believe that everyone is a leader because you're the leader of your own life and the way you show up matters. But particularly if you have a position that gives you authority, that this is more important than ever. And I feel very reminded that I do need to often slow down because I am a quick paced talker. That's the way that I naturally think and talk. And, and I think a lot of people in leadership are as well, and that can be overwhelming. So mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you one other question around what about digital communications? Like we are increasingly connecting via Zoom, meeting via Zoom, connecting online. Yeah. Are there any key considerations that you recommend to people you know, in this online format? Yeah, it's, it's interesting, I do. And, and you know, it's, it seems as though I keep going back to the same thing, it's be present. Mm-hmm. It's very, very easy. I've got a second screen over here on my right. It's certainly easy for me to be in a meeting with seven people on Zoom and look at a spreadsheet over here and no one cares. You know, no one's really noticing. Um, mm. and so it's tempting to look at the phone below screen level and see what's yes. going on. It's very tempting, uh, but it's not good. You know, be where you are. Do what you're doing while you're doing it. Focus on the task at hand. If you're in a meeting, be in the meeting. Be present is the main is the main message. And, you know, one advantage I can tell you about being in a Zoom meeting, mm-hmm. that you can't do this in other meetings. If, they're, if I'm in a meeting with five people and one of them is a decision maker, when someone else is talking, I can stare at the decision maker. I can just stare at them. And look, how are they reacting? Are they smiling? Are they nodding? Are they sliding away? What are they? I can pick up a ton of information because they don't know I'm staring at. But if I were in a regular meeting, like who's this creep staring? (laughs) So when you're in a physical meeting, you don't get away with that. So there's a little advantage, you know, to that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then one other thing on the digital side that I'd like to um, just put out there for sales professionals is my friend Anthony Steers. Uh, out of the UK. Anthony says, remember this, email will get it off your desk, but it won't get it done. Anthony is known as the telephone assassin. He's a wonderful guy. And he teaches people telemarketing. That's why that's his moniker. But what he's saying is that, you know, it's very, very easy. And as a sales professional, we get hung up on so many times, we get voicemail or can't get through to somebody that it's so easy to pop an email and think that okay I got that done Um, Mm. but be careful how much you rely on that sort of communication you know person to person when you're physically with someone you get to do all the things we talked about with gaining rapport right being open heart to heart and Mm -hmm. physically measuring the next best step you're on the phone because the tonality yeah matters right the pace and the, and the sound of your speech matters. And then the least of it is the written communication because there's only words. And if you go back to, you know, the Maharabin study that everyone quotes, you know, that 93% of our messages between body English and tone and only 7% of the words we use, what does that tell you about written communication? You know, it yeah. makes, makes a lot of sense when you're a person trying to be charismatic, trying to create rapport, trying to convince other folks of your way of thinking using a convincing strategy you want all the tools you have to bear right so 
the mm-hmm. best of that is you as a person. So bring as much of that to bear as you can. Mm, that's fantastic. Yeah, really great tips. And I think that's so important. Yeah, in the modern day, very, very key. Thank you. So Frank, if people wanted to find out more about you or get in touch with you, how can they do that? Oh, sure. So my website is just my name, franksoma.com. And um, in there is my, you know, all of the things that I do, my speaking or virtual speaking or coaching. And my book is available on Amazon. Um, B2B is really P2P. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm happy to say it's selling well. And I hope that if anybody picks it up, they get good value out of it. And and they drop me a note and say, hey, I liked it or, you know, have some suggestions or anything like that. I love to hear from folks. Fantastic. Congratulations. I know what a huge and monumental task it is putting a book together. So well done to you. So Frank, just to close off, I'd love to ask as my final question, if you could share one final piece of advice to people listening in, what would it be? Be slow to speak and long to listen. Ask Mm -hmm. a lot of questions of folks and listen, not with the the intent of replying, but listen with the intent of learning. I love that. I think actually if people just could ponder that and practice that that is so critical listen with the intent of listening rather than the intent of preparing what we want to say next yeah that's so critical and even though I think we know that we know that becoming unconsciously competent at that would yeah dramatically transform people's lives wouldn't it so fantastic well done thank you for sharing so many amazing insights been a really interesting and really helpful session so thank you to everyone that has tuned in that's another episode of the thrive tv show go out and thrive thank you for listening to the thrive tv show with lauren parsons visit thrivetvshow.com to access the show notes and discover our fantastic bonus content and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next inspiring episode